At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMM LP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. This is The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is Steph Pappas. Steph, how's it going? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) We had a a bit of a false start there, Um, a few technical difficulties, but Steph, uh, I talked to you about two years ago. You had your full band with you. Uh, Tonight, you're uh, playing some acoustic stuff. I'm very much looking forward to uh, hearing some music, so if you'd like to take it away with your first song. Here we are once again. And did people hear the part where I said, it's, it, like you said, it's been two years. Yes. And I definitely did miss you, and I know you missed me too. Also did Steph. We're pining every single day. <laughs> All right, let's try this one. I've been singing and playing guitar in Texas. Papa's ladies and gentlemen. And uh, what, what song was that called again? I've been singing and playing guitar in Texas and missing you. So that was quite a segue. 
I've been singing and playing guitar in Texas is the name of the song. It's um and I so we we just we were saying just before you started that you know we we actually spoke two years ago with the rest of your band and you were actually mentioning last time we spoke how one of your big dreams was to go down to Austin and and tour and play there. So is this a song that kind of came out of that experience? This song I actually wrote when I was in Austin, Texas in 1990, and I've been playing it ever since. Oh, wow. And that was a tour. Yeah. I was on a tour, and I actually lived there. I took a leave of absence from my job, driving a truck and working in a warehouse, and they were looking for people to actually leave or work part-time because they needed to save money or something, you know? So I volunteered, I said, I'll leave. And they're like, you're guaranteed a job when you come back. So I was gone for like six months, just living in Austin, Texas, maybe more, you know, nice. it was really fun. I made, went through the winter. I went to Kerrville Folk Festival, got to play. John Gorker sat right next to me and it was my turn on stage. And right before I went on stage, I got stung by a bumblebee. <laughs> and luckily when you're camping, you carry tobacco. Yeah. So you put it on your sting and it actually draws the sting out. And just like a minute later, I have to go up and play my set. Ah, life <laughs> pro tip right there. I did not know that tobacco helps with bumblebee stings. Well, I heard that way back then. We did a lot of camping. And yeah. I think it really works because it lifted the sting out. Boy, did it hurt though <laughs> when it happened. I'm like, really? A, a, two minutes before I got to play at Kerrville Folk that's, Festival? It's the universe throwing you a curveball, right? The uh, crucial moment right there. Weird things happen. My first gig at Higher Ground, I make it to Higher Ground and go play the big club, you know, to a sold out show. And wouldn't you know it, my amplifier breaks down. <laughs> But I plugged into the direct box of some sort, a, a thing that you can plug into. And the sound man said, I'll try to make it nice and clean for you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Make it sound ratty and dirty. <laughs> I, I got, you know, some stuff on the floor that are guitar pedal boxes that can make your acoustic guitar sound like an electric guitar. Just give it some rat fuzzy mm. tone to it. And I want the feedback. You know, yeah, you're, so, you're yeah. like grimy and gritty and real. Yeah, and, and it worked. He was a great sound man, and I used the monitor as my amp. Uh, is, is this a theme? Is this before you go on any big, uh, on, on stage at any big gig? Is there a, some cataclysmic moment that happens to you, or is, uh, was, that just, was that just two isolated incidences? Gee, I think it's probably a couple of isolated incidences because there's been other gigs where everything the equipment works fine but you know actually back then before 1990 I did have a lot of equipment problems because I buy stuff and it gets old and I'd be kicking my boxes on stage to get them to work and finally it's like I don't need to be a loop artist anymore which <laughs> now everybody's doing that yeah. they want to be a loop artist and back then it was actually hard to be a loop artist because you had to step on those boxes and catch the beats just right uh, a loop artist if for people that don't know what that is it means you're playing solo, but you make your guitar sound like there's two or three or 17 <laughs> guitars going. You, you play something, and you step on the box, and that keeps going. So while that keeps going, you can play something over top of it, like, while this is still going like that. And then you add more stuff. So that's looping, and you can do... And do it with your voice, too, mm. so you can sound like you're singing la, 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 and then la, 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 so you have harmonies. That's loop artist. And it, it requires a lot of gear, but I actually was pretty pared down to just a couple of delay boxes. And now that everybody's doing it, 
I don't want to really do the loop thing so much, yeah. so I, I got a band instead. <laughs> so somebody else on the guitar can sit there, and you, can, you don't have to be on a loop all the time and do the same thing over and over again. I like to move it around a little bit more than just sticking on a loop. Oh, that's another thing. The loop that I used was a, called a cascading loop so that things could fade out while you were playing a chord. It could fade out, and you could go into another loop mm -mm. but today's loop stuff it it doesn't cascade it doesn't fade out you have to kind of have everything programmed in mm -hmm. and supposedly it's easier looping is today so i've gotten away from that get, well, get a band you know it's got pretty popular especially in terms of um uh like bedroom recording artists you know be able to create entire albums uh where it's just them playing on various instruments sometimes just like a midi keyboard or whatever and you know create creating incredible music but you, you're right it's kind of it's very much in vogue right now so it's interesting that you, you know you did I it way back when <laughs> when it was really hard to do and it required all this specialty equipment and uh, now that all the equipment's become easier or uh, yeah, cheaper to get hold yeah. of you're like nope <laughs> we're going for the band and going for the band <laughs> same with uh, the way musicians dress now too i used to dress with the cut off sleeves mm. and the t-shirt and kind of more grunge looking and and now it's like no tears in your pants allowed, no shorts allowed on stage. Mm. You know, we kind of got to dress up a little bit, you know. Uh, make an occasion. And, and how is your band? Um, uh, you're currently on tour, uh, I believe. The Jellyfish Tour. Yes. And so is your band accompanying with the tour or is this a solo acoustic uh, what, kind of gig? What I do is I try to find people where I'm heading, like in Austin, there's mm. a lot of people who are musicians there and because I've lived there and I go back every year and play a couple times a year there I know a lot of musicians and I'll say hey you want to sit in with your banjo mm. or bring your fiddle so there'll be three of us banjo fiddle and guitar or if I go to Toronto Canada I might know a bass player up there and I'm like bring the bass you know and, and you have to pretty much play by ear yeah and there's not a lot of people that can do that there you can do it and keep it simple but for people to really get a lot of changes that's really harder so I wasn't doing a lot of my songs off the albums for a seven-year stint because I didn't really have a band people mm. would be one one person went off to college another one had a baby and things just happen mm -hmm. so I figured I would just grab people wherever I met them mm. like out postering someone's like hey oh you're playing hey I play drums well the gigs tomorrow <laughs> uh, you know and there's a Bring drum kit there <laughs> stuff I just threw it together like that unfortunately the downside of that Tom is that I forgot a lot of my song songs that yeah. I <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I'm, imagine doing, that. I'm doing all impromptu yeah like, like this conversation mm -hmm. that so it, it was very much like jamming them basically you know you turn up and you'd have your your drummer you met postering and you had your guitarist that you called up as you're driving down to Texas and yeah. and you kind of all like right well we're all together now let's just see what 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 magic we can create I would I would call it jam and I mostly would call it impromptu mm -hmm. and if they were really good at it we could get away from just four chord structures mm -hmm. and stuff and it's it's interesting it's been fun it keeps my writing in my head open mm -hmm. so that it just keeps flowing instead of getting any kind of writer's block D does that mean that you because I, I remember from our last conversation you you said you're a rather genre genreless because you, you know you've done several different kind of uh, different um, you've, you've worked in different areas of music 
across your career in terms of what genres. So by playing with other people all the time, does that keep you very, very open in terms of what still, what you can play? Let's see. Uh, a lot of players, it's hard to cross genres. Mm. So I ended up doing a lot of rock and blues, which was good because mm -hmm. the audience kind of went for that in most of the places I went. But playing different venues, I have had to adapt a little bit. Like when Parima was open, now they're mm -hmm. no longer. They're, uh, they had jazz nights, so I'd kind of do jazz. Oh, wow. And luckily, the band that I had with me, the drummer could play jazz because he's my original drummer mm -hmm. that I met in nine, way back a long yeah. time ago in the 80s. So I do have a, an original first string drummer that's an authentic Steph Pappas experience member and his name's Matthew Nurback. And we still play to this day. And he was there that night and he can play jazz, he can play any style. So when I got him with me, we can just about play anything at any gig. So some places where you book, they want more folk. Mm -hmm. They want more punk. I've been to punk clubs too showing up with an acoustic guitar and a knapsack <laughs> and the, the fellers are going you're at the wrong club i'm like what are you talking about i'm, I'm gonna play this punk club i'm in san francisco and they're like no 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 you got an acoustic guitar and i said well in the bag i got like a rat box and a delay and it, it's gonna fire up it's gonna be grunge it's gonna be punk it's blues punk you know and they're like no 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 you want you want the club down the street i'm like what club is that and they said, oh, it's the gay bar. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that's not the one I'm looking for. They're not, they're not going to like this stuff down there. It's more disco. And <laughs> so do you, do you, uh, you kind of turn up and read the room, or is it, or you know what kind of venue you're going to? And it's like, right, I'm going to have this kind of set available for it. So, sometimes I would do that, the available set. Yeah. Because the gay crowd does like what I'm doing. Yeah. It's just that what I was going with that night wasn't going to fit. And I was looking for the punk club and yeah. I made it. And after the set, they were like, oh man, sorry about that. But now I, I try to read the room. Yeah. It's, it's that impromptu. I won't do so much cover tunes, but if someone's like yelling out Freebird or something, <laughs> it's like I'll play something that's in that genre yeah. of a rock thing. And if they're like, oh, we like jazz scat. So I'll just start doing, you know, <laughs> my drummer will start playing some kind of jazz thing. That nice little cheeky yeah. beat at the top behind it. So I try. I do try to read the room. I want to. I want to give the people what they want to hear. And make sure it's fun for everybody and keeps me and the band on the, our toes. And and, um, and you've been doing this for years. So as you said, you know, you picked up your original drummer from the mid '80s. Um, so you must have. Uh, Early 80s, actually. Early yeah. 80s. Wow, I'm thinking of early 80s. Uh-oh, we're dating <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> um, as, as someone who's been in the music industry for so long, 30 plus years, um, how, how has it evolved? Because we were talking a little bit before we came on air about the various social medias that everyone now has to use. And depending on what club you're playing at, depends on what kind of social media they're kind of asking you to promote. Uh, how is that? How's that different from you know back in the '80s and the way you managed to promote yourself back then? This is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm not the only one that thinks this way. But I don't think things have really changed that much. Like I find postering still is the best thing for me. Oh, I saw the poster. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people will now say, "Oh, I saw your thing on social media," but the means have changed. And that's a, that's about it. 
the, mm-hmm. everything's still really the same. The record labels control the whole gamut, and oh, you can do it yourself now. And I sit back and I laugh, and I'm like, I've been DIY do it yourself since. I started doing this. Mm-hmm. I feel like nothing's changed. So it's it's still kind of like you know, uh, just just you and your friends, and you kind of turn up and you put your posters out there, and people turn up. There's not really much. There's not really much more to yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes uh, word of mouth is really good mm-hmm. still. And yes, the social media just because it's another avenue. Yeah. And it's the same thing as postering. Yeah. It's just social media. But so basically, it's just an added way to just promote yourself added. but it's not like the be all and end all now of social media it's exactly. just another addition to another way to get your name out there exactly all right uh, maybe more maybe more people like popular music it mm. grasps more people yeah i mean i, I suppose it I, I, I suppose it does make a difference if you're uh, you know <laughs> kanye west or something putting something out on instagram um but uh yeah for for you know you you just regular rock and roll stars it's uh it's good to know that the analog ways are still kicking oh, around, you know? Analog ways, yes. <laughs> and I still would pr- prefer recording analog, actually, too. Yeah. I still think it's better. I st- know some folks that are... One of my producers, Doug Lang, he's really good as an edit guy and a recording guy that can use a computer. Mm-hmm. I think it's far- hard to get that sound. A lot of people are getting better at it, but he was one of the first that were getting it yeah and could do that digital thing really well all right still prefer the analog it's got that warmer sound you know i don't mind cutting some tape to fit things together although i've never had to do that until unless the tape breaks (laughs) but tape is actually still to this day i probably a better quality that's what i've heard vinyl as well you know because you you it's not ones and zeros you're getting the full uh groove and peaks of the music you know it's not just kind of like up or down i mean there's some good digital stuff out there but it's just what i prefer i suppose it depends on your genre but talking of analog let's uh let's hear a good analog track let's uh what's what's the second of the night (laughs) (laughs) let's see what do we got for you if I could just move this mic, I just need a little more space here. I'm moving the microphones away from where they were set, but I'm not going to do too much damage. I'm sitting at the edge of a chair that's got <laughs> arms on it. You do what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you can all still hear me. Keeps the flow going down 
feel like it, you can change the beat. If you feel like it, you can change the beat. If you feel like it, and here it comes now. Change the beat if you feel like it. <laughs> I, uh, I would have certainly passed out about halfway through that if I tried, tried it. I hope I hit 30 seconds. I wasn't counting. <laughs> I, I, I think definitely, definitely hit 30 seconds. Um, uh, what song was that called? That's called Saibo the Guitar Player. Saibo is actually an Indian name from the Ottawa tribe, mm -hmm. which I picked for myself when I was a campfire girl. Mm. And it means swift running water. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm a water baby. I was born under a water sign, so hence, that's how that hence happened. Swift flowing water. Yeah, I wrote a song for it. Oh, wonderful. <coughs> um, is, so is, uh, is that one of the more relatively new ones? I don't notice on the back of the, uh, the album Jellyfish. It's an older song, actually. Mm. One of my way earlier songs. <laughs> Being a kid and all, I had to, you know, think of stuff to write from mm. a, a younger standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely an earlier one. Ooh. Um, quite glad we're going back to the nostalgic hits. <laughs> um, I do notice uh, on your website, stepappers.com, uh, you have still been coming out with singles uh, past couple of years. Um, and as I said, you're, you're still, still on tour at the moment from your 2016 album. Um, what's to come for the Step Appers? Have you got, uh, are, you, are you starting to bring these singles together into to another album or is it kind of just as and when you're going to throw stuff out these days i noticed that stuff is just starting to be singles now mm -hmm. like everybody puts out an album costs a lot of money singles were a lot cheaper mm -hmm. and everything's a single now anyways yeah 
sort of speak. I still like the album concepts myself because it kind of tells a story. It kind of all goes together. It's supposed to be a concept, basically. Mm. But the singles were so I could also archive my live sound playing with all those different people I played with, almost yeah. a different person every show. So I have like a thousand CDs from all my gigs. I was playing three times a week. And I just decided I'm gonna take a song or two from each gig and then cut the CD up and throw it away. <laughs> 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 because it's boxes full in, in my house. Yeah. It's, just, it's ridiculous. Taking a room. <clears throat> you know, and I like to be kind of sparse and not have a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So these singles are from live shows and it just kind of archives various shows and the different sounds. I mean, each see, each single is pretty different from the next. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like you know this uh, like almost like a Grateful Dead or, or Fish um, <laughs> kind of idea of you know every single gig is this different experience and someone's got to archive down and it's really interesting the fact that you play with so many different musicians means that there's probably no one gig that sounds very similar to the other because you you're probably doing something different. I haven't in each one. yeah I haven't written that song or played that style until I've done that next gig. Yeah, so people listen to it that are going to book me and they're like oh no that's too loud oh no but you know they haven't found the softer stuff i got some of that thrown in there too right and some stuff is uh, jam sessions where i was actually in an actual studio so the recordings are actually sounding pretty good because there was a real producer in there that was recording these jam sessions that i put together and i didn't do it at a venue i did it in a studio instead because i like to have multi-purposes i don't like to just jam mm -hmm. i don't even do it in the house anymore people are like let's get together and jam nah let's go to a gig and do it at least we can get some tips or we might get paid <laughs> free or, bits or, you know, even <laughs> if it's free it's it's like uh, you, you can, well jam live yeah and and go from there plus people will see you yeah. and you'll get other gigs from it well, talking, talking about the gigs, uh, I do notice Ooh. you are due to play at the Light Club Lounge Shop, which is one of my favorite venues, personally, Ooh. on uh, Friday, May 4th, and you're there from 7 till 8. Correct. Any other gigs you've got coming your way, um, as you're still on tour, as I keep mentioning? Yeah, I, I have uh, other gigs after the Lamp Club Light Shop. I'm trying to do one a month mm -hmm. there or at the Radio Bean. Yep. Because that's uh, my favorite places too. Yeah, it's great venue, great energy. W yeah, why is that? <laughs> I, I love seeing a thousand lamps whenever I see someone perform. If we're going to be honest, my favorite question to anyone I take there for the first time is which lamp would you buy? I think it's a very... Um, they are for sale. They, then they are for sale. Um, I, I think it's a very <laughs> revealing of someone's character when you go in there and they what what kind of lamp they're picking out and for what reason. And they got good food and they treat you fairly decent over there. Well, that too, yes. E even yeah. though it's tips. Yeah. But... I fare out pretty good with the tips. A generous crowd. Thank mm. you very much to my fans out there. <laughs> They're wonderful. I, I just pass the hat around, and it seems to fare out. It's actually, it's a, it's a good deal, and I can walk down there because oh, I there live up go, the yeah. street. <laughs> That's Even a big, <laughs> big plus. I don't have to worry about parking. Yes, exactly. Sometimes I do drive if I'm going to bring a lot of gear. Mm -hmm. I have my foot pedals and fire up a little more L recently i've been playing with the acoustic guitar oh i go back and forth actually what kind of gig is going to be may 4th or is <coughs> that is that undecided as of yet usually a few days before the gig after i've been practicing i'll be like hmm maybe i'll bring all this pedal board stuff maybe i'll bring the electric guitar with the whammy bar on it mm. 
Maybe I'll bring the acoustic. I'll tell you, when you travel or do gigs, the acoustic is my best bet because if something goes wrong with the electronics in the room, you can't really plug in an electric guitar and play or mm -hmm. play it unplugged. It doesn't, it, it doesn't play well, but the acoustic has a lot of volume to it and you can just play it into a room. So mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the way to travel. Yeah. If you're a musician, you should definitely bring your acoustic because it's got multi-purposes. You know what I'm saying. I'm telling you, it's analog, it's, it, it still rules. Yeah, and I can bring boxes to make it sound like an electric guitar. There you go. But the acoustic doesn't have the whammy bar. No, yeah, that's true. You can't, well, and a whammy bar. Well, what's that? I, I think most people probably know what the whammy bar is. Like you, you hit a the note. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a yeah, lot of yeah. that is in Hendrix's music. Yeah, and yeah. 60s psychedelic rock, which I love. Well, I was going to say, well, you, you have been, your moniker is the uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix little sister, I believe. Uh, they call me the uh, Jimi Hendrix baby sister, and that all started in Texas. I uh, show up with a, what's called a wah-wah pedal, mm -hmm. and it gets that wonk, 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 yeah. wonk. It's in a lot of uh, funk music, but it was also in music from the psychedelic mm. rock bands. Wah, wah, wah. And Pretty sure it's the start of Crosstown Traffic. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they would hear that, yeah. producers at these uh, festivals. So when they went to introduce me, I'd get the name my mom pa gave me steph pappas but they'd say oh the steph pappas experience if Jimi hendrix was born female and alive today it would be steph pappas and so it all started oh. around in 1990. <laughs> oh. so i just took it and started going that yeah. way it's not like i chose it <laughs> i don't have that kind of ego or big head or you know think somebody's whatever i it just uh i just went with it oh well nicknames to you and it's a good one um unfortunately we've run out of time Woo! um i know and unfortunately, also, Bob is not here to play this last song, and I am useless at this technology. So would you mind playing us out with an acoustic? Oh, where did he go? Um, CD. We need to play a CD. I will... Uh, to show off some of the live singles. I will attempt. But he disappeared. He did disappear. But while you're attempting... <laughs> and yes, we Bob were going to play... And us back to the... Uh, the the control station. We're, we're gonna play this now? We are gonna play this. So this is from a, a, uh, down. a live bring gig. Leave her up for a second. Singles. All right, so Steph Pappas uh, coming up next. We've got Tom Piero. Steph, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And next year we're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to come on sooner than two years. Yeah, yeah. Don't make <laughs> me miss you again. Thank you <laughs> cool. so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been. You're great. awesome. All right. Uh, what's this last song? I'll introduce it as we as we. Let's see what, play what it's. It's a uh, it's a live song played at a live venue somewhere locally near Burlington, Vermont. It's got, uh, it was a songwriter in the rounds, so it's my turn in the round. I'm playing something, and the fellas who are in the round decided to just join me. They kind of looked at me, and I gave them the yes, go ahead. I think it's got Dave Keller. Mm -hmm. It's got NATO, and uh, his last name is Groton, Raphael Groton. All right. Um, well, it's a hell of a title, so let's uh, we'll, we'll oh, take it's it called, away. Oh, it's called uh, Drive Johnny Drive. Drive Johnny Drive. And it's my song. I'm playing a lead in there, and Dave Keller also plays a little lead in there. All right. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> 